Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. I think our biggest challenge in the modern world today is fear. We fear all the time. We fear what, what, what is going to happen to us in the future. We fear every day. We worry about our country. We worry about our family. We worry about our friends. Uh, we worry about work um, to such an extent that fear really hammers us because two things, uh, everything originates from. One is either fear or faith, one or the other. Mm. And um, I've had a journey uh, where I had lymphatic cancer. And uh, when I was diagnosed, I had, I had options, but I chose the option of no fear allowed. And uh, on my diagnosis, what I did and what I, I felt the Lord was saying to me is, you know, look straight ahead of you. The way the Lord looked to the cross, he made his face like flint. He didn't flinch. And yeah. the Lord encouraged me to do the same. So you've got this diagnosis. I'm going to heal you, but you need to do this in faith. So make sure you set up an environment of faith. So I did the following things. The first thing I did was I put a group of wonderful Christians around me that were very close to me, a small group. And I, I made them promise me they would faith with me through confession. So they were only going to confess. They weren't going to shriek or send me get well cards or cry. They instead were going to confess. Thank you, Lord, for healing Steve. Uh, we, we thank you, we bless you, we worship you, you've, you've healed Steve. Help me understand now, the, the, was this a position that you took from the moment you received the diagnosis? Where, where was the process or, or was there processing around an initial fear that settles in, the, the doubt, the where, where's, where are you Lord, how can this happen to me? Did, yes. did, did, you, did, did you have that? Well, that oscillation. It was a very interesting journey that led up to the diagnosis. For about two years, I walked around feeling really ill. I didn't know what was wrong with me. My right leg was giving me a lot of trouble. I went to a lot of doctors. I had doctors tell me, don't worry, you don't have cancer. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, and eventually, I had a very sharp GP who worked out I did have an issue and sent me to a surgeon. It was during COVID. So the first surgeon refused point blank to touch me because COVID was going to destroy the earth, which we see it didn't do. Um, and I found a, another surgeon who put a mask on and said, let's go in and have a look at your leg and see what's going on. So he went in and he came back and told me a day later, Steve, sorry to tell you this, you got cancer wrapped around your femoral artery. And it was phase two lymphatic cancer, uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, uh, the large cell type. Um, and he sent me to a, an oncologist. So suddenly within 24 hours, your life gets turned upside down. So I spent quite a lot of time just saying, Lord, what now? And um, I listened as hard as I could. And this is what I felt he said to me. Let's go. I'm going to heal you. This is going to be a faith journey. But he was very adamant. No fear allowed. So we, we didn't allow the fear wow. anywhere near. And so, we so, just faced so, it. So fr from the start, yeah. the, the promise was there. You got that, the diagnosis, the, okay, the journey is now meted ahead of you, but I'm going to heal you. I'm going to be with you. Here's what I need you to do. Yes. No fear allowed. Yes. And the Lord was doing something where he said to me, really, that you're going to go through this and I will heal you and I'm going to do great things out of this. So 
be the faithful servant and do this. So that's exactly what I did wow. do. And I created a WhatsApp group and I would report back. Uh, and I'd say, you know, the Lord's doing this. And I would just give glory to the Lord, even if the news wasn't great. Uh, we weren't making up stories, but we were thanking God, knowing that we're in His hand. I think many of you watching this will be familiar with the process of chemo um, and, um, and, and what, what that entails. Through that process, yes. through that deterioration, you, you are sending out praise reports. Yes, uh, you, you know, really, really had to do that. Uh, for six months, I had to do this. Uh, there were three-week cycles. They would put 34 different types of drugs into me, starting on a Monday morning, 24 hours a day until the Friday. Then they'd send me home for two weeks and then do the, the whole thing again. And we did that six times. Um, but I was always at work. Um, as part of my faith stand was, I'm here. I'm going to do this because he's, I'm in his hand. Uh, he's with me. Yeah. So that, that's exactly what we did do. Uh, the lymphoma, you know, where did the lymphoma come from? I don't have cancer in my family, but uh, stress. So there's a lesson there. Mm -hmm. I had 10 years of hectic, hectic stress running my own businesses and allowing stress to get to me. And the second thing is I had an autoimmune disease called psoriasis, which is where the skin over replicates. You look like you've got leprosy. And the interesting thing coming out of this, not only has the lymphatic cancer gone, I've had nearly three years of total clearance, the like they use the word cure, which you're not supposed to use in cancer. <laughs> and the second thing was my psoriasis has it. vanished. Something that harassed me all my life. It was like Paul's thorn in his side. I used wow. to get such bad psoriasis on my feet. I was embarrassed to go swimming with my friends. They'd look at me and get out the swimming pool thinking I'm bringing some kind of disease. <laughs> Leprosy and, into and the pool. It's, it's just an autoimmune disease. And that's gone totally and completely. Wow. That I, I don't even have a remnant of it. Uh, something that's dogged me all my life. And I, I'm astounded to see that's gone as well. Incredible. Incredible. Praise God. Let's give God the glory for that. Amen. So friends, when we hear testimonies like this, our response should be, God can do it again. God can do it again. Uh, we want to take time to pray for people who may be wrestling with cancer or maybe you know someone who's wrestling with cancer. We also want to pray for people who are trusting God for healing from a chronic disease. So I want to encourage you to actually go and watch the full testimony. What you saw here is just six, in, six uh, minutes of the testimony. The full testimony is about 35 minutes. And Steve spoke so well about the power of community, about how his connect group came around him and just journeyed with him and stood with him. And he says this, it's because of the prayers of the saints that I'm still alive. So if you are here and you're trusting God for healing, particularly cancer, because I want to declare this morning that cancer is not a death penalty. Cancer is not a death penalty in the name of Jesus. Maybe you know someone, maybe it's a loved one, maybe it's a relative. Please stand. and We're going to trust God that you will testify for yourself or for a loved one. Chronic disease or cancer. Please stand. Be bold. We're going to pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just stir our faith together. Just after hearing that amazing testimony, just think on the goodness of God, on the mercy of God. You are good, Lord. 
You are good, Lord. You are a good, good Father, Lord God. Father, you declare yourself the Lord who heals you. And you declare that in, the, in your name, there is healing power. And even as we sang this morning, in the name of Jesus, there is healing. And we declare the name of Jesus over every chronic illness, over every bit of cancer, Lord God, whether it's in us, family members, friends, work colleagues, Lord God, today, Lord God, we declare your victory over cancer, Lord God. And we declare that you are the Lord who heals us. That you have sent your word and you have healed us, Lord. And we declare healing right now in Jesus' name. We declare your healing power, Lord God. Every cancer cell must bow to the name of Jesus. Every chronic illness must bow to the name of Jesus. Because you are the sovereign Lord. You are the sovereign Lord. Just take a moment. And just drink in His healing. Just drink in His healing. If you're standing in proxy, just trust right now that the Holy Spirit is hovering over your loved one. We are not alone, Lord God. We are not alone. You are with us every step of the way, Lord God. Stand in faith this morning and we declare your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. I'm going to ask you if we were praying for you this morning and there's a change, there's healing, please come share with us so that we can glorify God. God still heals today. I'm convinced. I've seen him work in the lives of many people. And also maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a colleague. Maybe you're standing for someone. Bring the testimony and let's glorify God. Amen. I know that um, as we pray for diseases like this, it becomes very difficult to believe again, to trust again. But we specifically uh, played this uh, testimony because we are in this series called The Doctrine of Faith. We are believing God that our faith will be built up as we look into His Word. So the best way to start is to ask an honest question. How many of you was your faith tested as you watched the rugby last night? I just want to see people who are honest this morning. I want to just see people who are honest. Thank you for being honest. You can put your hands down. Some people, some people did not even have the faith to watch the rest of the game. We're talking about faith, right? We're talking about faith. I just can tell you this. I cannot disclose the full story. We watched the game together with my family, and at some point, I was the only one watching the game. <laughs> I must uh, give uh, just honor to my wife that she came back when she got the message that we are leading now. <laughs> on, on that note, let me say this with you. A faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. A faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. You can apply to rugby. You can apply to any other area of your life. Our faith will be tested. And when our faith is tested, it's to build up for the greater things that God wants to do in our lives. So I must say that my faith was tested. This morning I'm standing here to tell you I believe in the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign. 
if you want to study some theology, I can give you some of my books on the sovereignty of God. How we won that game, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, I went back to my master's notes and just polished a little bit. The sovereignty of God is that game was pre-decided. <laughs> Okay, if you're from England, if you're from England, we understand that maybe you, you don't understand the sovereignty of God. We will unpack that for you. <laughs> I want to share a story with you before we go into the Word, just to try and explain to you that our faith will be tested. But when our faith is tested, that's when we actually get to understand God's sovereignty and God's providence. So talking about... Um, our faith being tested. Um, you remember when uh, COVID hit the world, not just our country, not our, just our nation, but COVID hit the world in 2020. We went into very hard and serious lockdown and we couldn't exercise, we couldn't go out uh, to do our normal routine. So we had to be creative with whatever you can do in your yard. I feel for people who live in flats, it was really, really difficult. And you'll remember that towards the end of the year, uh, as the restrictions and the regulations were being uh, adjusted and changing, uh, something amazing happened. They let us travel to other provinces. So my family and I were offered to go on a holiday just outside Clarence on a farm. And we were blessed to be on this farm. I must just declare up front, it's not our farm. We were staying on someone else's farm. The people who are caretakers looking after this farm, they told us that uh, because a lot of people haven't been coming because of COVID, if you would like to go for a hike, please note that the grass has grown and you may not clearly see the path. Simon being Simon, I said, we're still going to go for a hike. We decided to go for a hike on the Mafube Mountains. My wife, who is much more wise, she decided to stay behind. And I took the children with me because we've got faith. We went up the mountain to the Mafube Mountain. We get to the top. I mean, some of it was quite dangerous, a little bit of rock climbing. I even feel like we illegally got into the Lesotho territory. We kind of like, you know, moved around. We got into the Lesotho territory. We could see Lesotho. But now as we were trying to make our way back, we couldn't figure out the way back to where we're supposed to get to. That's when the rubber hits the road. That's when my faith was tested. And that's just the beginning of the story. So this is something that happens. I'm like... Lord, I know that we can make our way back, but I cannot take them back the same way we came because it will actually be much more dangerous if we go back that way. By the way, we've already been on this hike for three hours. It was meant to be a three hours hike. We were supposed to be back home within three hours. And I'm trying to show my kids like I've got this together. But inside, I'm like that duck. I'm like that duck. And then I decided at some point, because we couldn't figure out the way, that I'll leave my three children there. I'll walk down the mountain, bundu bashing, bringing down the trees to get the path and come back to find them. This is me. I leave my three kids there and I give them some instructions that you should look after each other as if it was my last words. <laughs> And I'm like, um, to the youngest, please listen to the older brother, to your older sister. 
You know, you know my kids, I'll describe them to you just now. And then uh, I leave them there, I go, I fell, I have uh, battle scars, Pastor Lereko. I mean, scratches, I, I mean, a lot of things happened. Within 30 minutes, I prayed in tongues, I did all kinds of things, I quoted scripture, you know. I was, it was a crisis. I think for you, you may not see the crisis that I was in, but there was a serious crisis. I walked my way back after finding the path. I'm putting landmarks so that I don't lose this path. I finally get to the kids, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. A leopard didn't show up. A lion didn't show up. They're still alive. They're still there. And I asked them, are you okay? Is everything okay? The youngest one, Rory, this was her response. Dad, I was panicking, and I thought to myself, if mom was here, this would not have happened. I mean, I'm like, this sounds so familiar. Like, You know, like Martha and Mary, Jesus, if you were here, this would not have happened. She said, if mom was here, this would not have happened. I can see her level of confidence in me. (laughs) And then she goes like, you know, I knew, I told them, because the two older ones had their cell phones, let's call mom, she will send a helicopter, they will get out of here. They will get us out of here. That was Rory. And Zinzi, the middle daughter, uh, who's more like me, her personality is more like me. She said, Dad, I was a bit worried. Uh, so what I did is I said to everyone, bring all your food. I'll ration the food. Make sure that we've got enough food for everyone. We will survive this ordeal. We don't know what's going to happen. Now, now, the reason I say this is more like me. If you do strength finder, top five of my strength finder is high responsibility. So she's a high responsibility type of person, but the problem with high responsibility type of people, you end up doing things you're not supposed to do. You end up being responsible for things you should not be responsible for. So she was stressed and worried, and then my boy, my son, dude, what did you do? I was sleeping. (laughs) My boy was sleeping. My boy was sleeping. I tell you, there was a powerful revelation in that moment. And you will see how that relates to the word today. To this day, I'm like, dude, did you really sleep? He was uh, in the first service. He can speak for himself. He took a nap. The boy was sleeping. Over the years, I've diagnosed the story because uh, thankfully we've been to other hikes after that that were much more safer because the girls have uh, rebuilt their faith in me. (laughs) But I'm still wondering what made my son to sleep. Let's read the Word of God. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 to 34. This is a moment where we see one of the disciples of Jesus Christ, his faith was tested. As we are saying this morning, a faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. My kids' faith in me was was tested. And I can safely say, hopefully, it can be trusted. Jesus is having a conversation with uh, Peter. And we read from verse 31. When it feels like your faith is failing, that's our sermon today. From verse 31, Jesus says to Simon, 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 behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, 
I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. This is the word of the Lord. So friends, from this text that we've read, there's a couple of things that we see here about how Peter had a vulnerable conversation with Jesus. We see how this conversation helps us to know that our faith will be tested. It helps us to see that walking with Jesus, it doesn't mean that it will always be hunky-dory. It will always be great. There will be times where there will be challenges. Didn't Jesus himself say, in this world, you will have many trouble, but take heart, be of good courage. Remember, I have overcome the world. So I'm sharing with you this morning from this text, understanding that when Simon was called by Jesus, you know, at this time, his name had already changed to Peter, but Jesus chooses to say, Simon, Simon. He uses the word, the name Simon, and he repeats it. We know in Scripture, whenever there's repetition, it's for emphasis. He's trying to get his attention. He's saying that, behold, Satan demanded to have you. Now, the Simon, Simon, I like it because it's like, you know when your parents call you by your full name, that is very serious. You know that, right? But when they call you with your name and surname, it's another level. Jesus was trying to get his attention. Can I submit to you that some of the things that are happening in our lives or in the world today, God is trying to get our attention. He's allowing them to get our attention. And when he's got our attention, he can say, Satan is demanding to sift you, to take you out, to annihilate you, to destroy you, to kill your faith. But I have prayed for you. Satan was targeting Peter and the disciples because of the seed that they were carrying. So let me explain it to you this way. When it says to sift, when you read it in the Greek, it says to separate, to break into pieces, to shake, to shatter, and to discourage. Basically, it means that when, when Jesus was saying to, to Peter, your faith is about to be sifted. Your, your faith is about to be taken out. He was saying the enemy is trying to separate you, to take you out of community so he can take you out. That is why whenever we are in isolation, we become vulnerable to the enemy. Do your best to stay in community. Peter is here being separated. You know, if you go and watch the videos about how they actually do the threshing, how they actually do the winnowing, how they take uh, the, the, the seeds down and the chaff remains at the top. This chaff will be taken into a bin and then they will go and burn it. So basically the enemy is trying his best to sift us, to sift our faith so we can be burnt out. It was George Pearson who said, Sifting is like an inward agitation to try one's faith to the verge of overthrow. The devil's plan is to drain, weaken, and wear down your faith through continual pressure, disappointments, and discouragement. So just to bring it close to home to us today, what is the enemy using right now to try and sift you? What is the enemy using right now to make your faith to fail? 
I like the fact that this was a vulnerable conversation. Jesus was not hiding from the fact that, Peter, something bad is about to happen. Something dangerous is about to happen. And he's saying, the enemy is trying to sift you. What is it that the enemy is trying to use to sift you? Could it be the current political situation of our country? Could it be the economic challenges we are facing as a country? Could it be your own financial challenges? Could it be the health situation as we've been praying and trusting God for health? Maybe you've been waiting for too long. Because one of the hardest things about faith is waiting on God. Because his time is not our time. So as we look at this, I want to bring your attention to what happens next. Jesus says, I see the enemy is demanding you. He's trying to sift you, to take away your faith, to make your faith to fail. But I have prayed for you. I like these words, but I have prayed for you. I'm sure you've heard us use this phrase, but God. In the midst of challenges, we can simply say, but God will see us through the challenges. Jesus is telling Peter, this is about to happen, but I have prayed for you. I have prayed that your faith will not fail. That is why I believe in the power of prayer, because I know the sovereignty of God is that when we pray, we align ourselves to the will of God. When we pray, especially when we pray the word of God, we are aligning ourselves to what God wants to do on earth today. I like it when you read in the Amplified, it says, I have prayed especially that your faith and confidence in me may not fail. Now that word confidence is important. If I were to go back to the story with my kids, is you can see that um, the way they responded to the crisis was directly proportional to their confidence in me. I'm still thinking of going to Victory Weekend about my youngest daughter, Rory, whose confidence is more in the mother than in the dad. I don't know why. She's just saying, if mom was, yeah, this would not have happened. But there were some other revelations that I was getting. That their confidence in me is actually directly proportional to how long they've known me. Their confidence in me is also directly proportional to how many hikes they've done with me. So my son has had encounters with me more than the girls they have. And therefore, he could sleep. There was some level of confidence that he had that others did not have. There was a confidence in knowing that the Father is there. So for us today, if we want our faith not to fail, there must be a confidence we have in Father God. There must be a confidence, a faith that believes that God will keep his promises. Bible says, I was young and I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. No, their children break begging bread. The Bible says that not one of all God's good promises that he gave to the children of Israel failed. They were all fulfilled. Can we stand on the promises of God through the challenges that we are facing? It's so good because it says prayer builds our faith. We don't know how we ought to pray. If we don't pray, our faith will fail. We need to pray. But not only do we need to pray, we need to pray the word of God. We need to pray the word. 
You know, one of the things that is so important about faith is faith is not just to amass wealth to get the things that we want to get. Faith, first and foremost, is to have access to the Father. Faith is to have access to the Father. Faith helps us to connect to the Father. Faith helps us to believe, to have confidence in the Father. Remember Hebrews 1, what faith is. So we pray the word. Romans 10, verse 8 and 17. I will encourage you to go read that chapter. But what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth. The word must be in your mouth. Not just in your heart. In your mouth. Speak the word. Meditate the word. Declare the word. Decree the word. And in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. So faith comes from hearing. And hearing through? Hearing through? The word. So if we want to build our faith, we need to be people of the Word. We need to be in the Word. This Word helps us in times of challenge to be able to stand on the promises that are written in this Word. We can be able to say like Jesus, it is written. When the enemy comes and tries to diminish our faith, to make our faith to fail, we can pray the Word and say, it is written. You know, I like this uh, Jeremiah 1. It helps us to understand the power of prayer and the word together. It says, And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I'm watching over my word to perform it. God is saying, you may be praying, you may be trusting, you may be doing all kinds of things, but I'm waiting for the word. I'm waiting for my word. I am watching over my word to perform it. And you may ask, why did Jeremiah see the almond tree? God was saying, because the almond tree was the first to bud in spring, God was saying, a different season is coming because of the word. When we are in the word, when we speak the word, when we pray the word, we can see a different season coming. We have been praying on Zoom since 2021. Uh, Most of you may know one of our sisters here in the church uh, passed away to COVID. And uh, we started this prayer chain, praying every morning from 6 to 7 praying for revival in South Africa, praying for miracles, praying for healing. And there's been so many testimonies that have come out of this prayer. So I'll encourage you to join us whenever you can, even if you join for half an hour. We pray every morning because we are believing that as we pray the word of God, our prayers are going to be answered. One of the things I like about that prayer is someone will share the scripture and we will take the prayer points from the scriptures. We pray the scripture. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I know that some of you were able to go to the Go conference and some were not able to go to the conference in Cape Town. On a Saturday morning, uh, one of the conference sessions, we were going to uh, pray for the persecuted churches especially in what we used to call restricted nations where it is difficult to preach the gospel. In fact, you're not allowed to preach the gospel. We now call them creative access nations. 
The reason we call them creative access nations is you can be able to take up a job in that nation and end up planting a church. In fact, it is happening. I was on the phone with uh, one of the guys from church who got a job in Seychelles as a financial director of one of the banks. And he calls me and says, Pastor Sai, we need to plant the church here. And I say, sign me up. It's the Seychelles. <laughs> so not only should we go to the Seychelles, we should go also to the restricted nations. And while we were there, our pastor from China shared the testimony of how they've planted churches in China and how the churches are growing. These are underground churches. And um, I was so blown away by how he's uh, wired because we actually experienced a miracle without realizing his wife was translating for him. He was speaking in Mandarin. The wife was translating. And as we continued, he felt like the wife was being slow. He started speaking in English. He just started speaking English. I'm like, is this a miracle? <laughs> no, he continued speaking in English. I mean, John, you know him. His English is not so good, but he went on in English. That was just a miracle. There were some moments there that were so significant. He spoke about how we should not just live to have a better life here on earth, but we should live for eternal life. Most of us, we live just to have a better life here on earth, forgetting the, about eternity. There was something else that he said that was very profound. He said that he has had to train his children for a day when he may not come back from work. And I thought to myself, we think we have persecutions here in South Africa. It's nothing compared to what others are facing. How do you prepare your children that they, they, he might end up in prison, he might end up dead? But I believe this one thing that his faith is strengthened because we have Jesus interceding for us in heaven. I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And something profound happens. Michael Paderas, he wanted to uh, say, what can we pray for you guys so that you guys can be protected, so that you guys can be able to continue? He says, no, don't pray for us. I want to pray for you so that you can be as bold as we are to proclaim the gospel. How is that? He says, no, 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 don't pray for protection for us. In fact, persecution is helping us to preach the gospel. I'm like, dude, this is another level of faith. I'm praying for that kind of faith for myself. And this reminded me the words of uh, E. Stanley Jones, who was a missionary to India. He writes this, so profound. There are scars on my faith, but underneath those scars, there are no doubts. Christ has me with the consent of all my being, with the cooperation of all my life. The song I sing is a lit song. Millennials, lit did not come with you. It's already been there. <laughs> not the temporary exuberance of youth that fades when middle age and old age sets in their disillusionment and cynicism. No. I am it's supposed to say I'm 83 years old, and I'm more today about being a Christian than I was when I first put my feet on the way. He says at 83 years old, I am more about Jesus, I'm more about being a Christian than I was 18 years ago when I gave my life to Christ. I pray that our faith will not fail. I pray that we will understand that a faith that is not tested cannot be trusted.
People like N. E. Stanley Jones are people whose faith has been trusted over and over again. Our pastor in China and many others, their faith is tested over and over again. But God, but God. You know, when we read the scriptures, we realize that um, Peter's faith did not fail because Christ prayed for him. But it doesn't mean that he did not deny Jesus. You know, the scripture that we read, you know, the rooster will not crow today until you deny me three times that you know me. You know, interesting, Bible scholars say after this moment, you know, Peter did not say any other word. After Jesus spoke, he was quiet. And I'm convinced that Peter understood that Jesus has the final say. God has the final say. I'm encouraged to know that when you read John 21, we see how Jesus restores Peter who had actually moved away. When you read in John 21, because Peter was a ringleader, Jesus is dead. They don't know what they're going to do. Peter says to the guys, let's go back fishing. Let's just go back fishing. We don't know what's going to happen. The Messiah is dead. And they follow Peter. They go with him. They go fishing. And Jesus appears to them in the morning. And he says, throw down the net. They throw down the net and they catch 152 fish. But out of that, something also profound happens. I like the fact that Jesus prepared breakfast for them on the shore. Jesus speaks to Peter again. Now he calls him Peter. He says, son of John, will you feed my sheep? Do you love me? Will you feed my sheep? Three times Jesus asks Peter. Three times Peter denied Jesus. Three times Jesus restores Peter. So if you feel like your faith is failing, know that Jesus will restore you. If you feel like you've moved away from that place of having that faith connected to God, know that he will restore you. I like these words. Jesus said, when you have repented and turned back, come back and strengthen the brothers. When your faith has been tested, maybe you're going through something very, very difficult. Your faith has been tested. When you have turned back, when your faith is built up, come back. And strengthen the brothers. Faith is hard, especially in the waiting. But I want to say to you, God is not done with us. We were at the sermon planning meeting on Wednesday. I like what uh, Masi said, one of our upcoming preachers. Even though the year may have been difficult for you, and it feels like it's over, this is what she said. It's not over because it's October God has the final say Smith Wigglesworth says great faith is a product of great fights great testimonies are the outcome of great tests like the testimony of Steve that we heard this morning great triumphs can only come out of great trials Going back to the story I shared about my three kids, I'm sure you have been wondering, like I wondered, why did he sleep in that moment? I want to share with you something that he said when I asked him why did he sleep. 
And the reason I share this with you is uh, those words are ingrained in my brain, engraved in my brain, because those words have given me a revelation of a faith that never fails. I asked him, son, why did you sleep in the midst of danger? Why did you rest? Why did you chill? He said, dad, I knew you were coming for us. Dad, I knew you were coming for us. I believe some of you need to hear these words today. That a faith that never fails is knowing that the Father is coming for you. The Father is coming for us. The Father is coming for us. No matter what you're facing, the Father is coming for us. I'm convinced there are challenges I'm facing in my faith today, but I know the Father is coming for us. I'm convinced that the Father is coming for us. I'm convinced that the Father is coming for South Africa. I'm convinced that the Father is coming for our nation. I'm convinced that he keeps his promises. Let us stand to pray. A faith that never fails is knowing that the Father is coming for us. When Peter's faith was tested, Jesus prayed for him. When you read your word, you will know what is Jesus doing in heaven for us today? What does the Bible say? He is interceding for us. So why I'm convinced that my faith will not fail is because Jesus is praying for us. I want to address those who are joining us online. The Father is coming for you. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 to 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith, our faith helps us to overcome the world. Who is he that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So I want to say, especially those who gave their lives to the Lord this morning, you believing in Jesus, the Son of God, your faith is going to be built up on the rock that is Jesus Christ. And your faith will never fail. So this is what I was trusting God for this morning. Is that our faith will be built up so we can speak like Apostle Paul. In 2 Timothy 4.7, he says... I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. Father, I pray for all of us that are here. There may be challenges we are facing, maybe in our marriages, maybe it's our children, maybe it's finances, maybe it's health. I pray, Father, that today there'll be a revelation that the Father will come for us. 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 Father, there are people here, Lord God, who 
maybe their faith is already failing, we are praying this morning that today they will walk away and say, the Father will come for us. Father, you know, God, the circumstances. Maybe it's unemployment. Maybe they're trusting for a job. Maybe they've been trusting for a long time. God, please come through for them, Father. Come through for them, Lord God. Come through. Maybe it's chronic health, chronic illness, Lord God. They've been believing year after year after year after year after year. Today we proclaim their father, their father, their father is coming through. Their father, like the prodigal son, their father is coming through. Their father is coming through. Father, thank you that you have not forgotten South Africa. You'll come through for us. In Jesus' name, amen.